I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 106. I will love them freely, studying Jose chapters 1 through 6, 10 through 14, and the book of Joel. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter of God, just trying to get home, and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home, too. Hello. Thank you so much for listening, for tuning in. Um, I can't do naptime devotionals without you. Otherwise, it's just me sitting here talking to myself by myself, which, let's be honest, that's just weird. Um, so let's jump into this. Um, the scriptures frequently relate the covenant between Israel and the Lord to marriage. Um, and the same way, like, right, the covenants that we make with our Heavenly Father, it's this relationship of marriage, which I'm not going to lie, I always thought this was a little weird. I, I never really, like, connected it until I read this specific thing in the Come Follow Me, and it just, like, clicked for me, which was new. So I'm just going to read it to you. It says, and this is at the very, very, very beginning of the um, Come Follow Me study. Israel's covenant with the Lord was meant to be so deep and meaningful that the Lord compared it to a marriage. The covenant, like a marriage, included eternal commitments, shared experiences, building a life together, exclusive loyalty, and most of all, wholehearted love. This kind of devotion came with high expectations and tragic consequences for infidelity. Through the prophet Hosea, 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 I'm not sure, Hosea, um, God described some of the consequences the Israelites faced for breaking their covenants, and yet his message was not, I will reject you forever for being unfaithful. Instead, it was, I will invite you back. So I kind of want to stick with this kind of theme of marriage and looking it, at it as like when we make mistakes, right? In this case, specifically, <clears throat> he's talking about like, going and worshiping other gods, right? Like infidelity in that way. Um, but in a marriage, when there's infidelity um, and the offending party, right? The one who committed the offense um, wants to still make things work and wants to um, fix things, then there are some steps that need to happen. And of course, this is assuming that the offended party, the party who didn't do anything wrong, still wants to be married. And since we're talking about God here, the answer is yes, he does still want us, right? There's nothing we can do that makes him go, uh, no thanks, I forget you for forever. Um, other than being like, we don't want anything to do with you, and then us never coming back. But that's not him being like, I don't want anything to do with you, that's... Anyway, okay, so there's a couple of things. The first thing is that the affair has to end, right? So I'm going to read a scripture, <laughs> and I giggle a little bit because the scripture is kind of punchy, but um, let's just, let's talk about it. This is Jose uh, chapter 2, verse 2, and it says, Plead with your mother, plead, for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her whoresome, her whoredoms out of her sight. Let her adultery and her adulteries from between her breasts. Again, little punchy. What it means though is like the heart, right? This idea of physically stop, stop what you're doing, right? Physically stop, but also emotionally stop, stop yearning after that thing, right? In this case, again, it's talking specifically about like 
idols and worshiping idols and burning incense to idols to make the corn grow and that kind of thing, right? Um, that's what he specifically is talking about here. But for us, what are those things in our lives that are separating us from God? What are those things that we are yearning for in our hearts um, that are moving us away from our relationship with our Heavenly Father, from our relationship with our covenants and from keeping us from keeping our covenants? Are we putting things like... Um, I'm trying to think of something. I'm trying to think of an example. Like a TV show or um, a soccer game or um, that good book that we want to read, right? Like things that are good, they're not bad things, but these are we putting these things above spending time in our scriptures, spending time in the temple, keeping our covenants in terms of our ministering? Are we... Our, our priorities kind of skewed. Is God first? God should always be first, right? And I've heard this conversation that like, oh, well, my family comes first. But here's the thing. Without God, there is no family. There isn't. So if we want to have our family first, we need to put God first because God recognizes our family is important to us. He's the one who made it that way. Um, so we need to make sure we're putting him first. So the very first thing that we do is we take a look at what are our affairs, right? What are things that we are putting in front of our covenants, things that we are taking us away from the covenant path, from our relationships with our, our heavenly parents, from our relationship with our savior. What are those things and how do we physically stop doing them, right? So if your thing right now is you got to have that cup of coffee, how do you physically cut that out of your life? But how do you also cut the yearning for that emotionally inside of you out, right? I remember my grandpa telling me one time when he quit smoking, he and he had smoked for years and years and years. Um, and like, I, I have memories of him smoking. Um, and probably when I was about 10, 11 years old, maybe, maybe 12, I remember him quitting. And I remember him talking about it one time, or maybe I overheard him talking to my dad or something. Um, but him saying something about how it wasn't so much the actual smoking part that he missed so much as the, like, the tradition or, like, the habit of, like, taking a moment out of his day to go do this thing that he missed, the social aspect of it. Well, he wasn't really a social guy, but you know what I'm saying. Okay. There was, there was something in it that he was yearning for. So how do we, how do we remove those things? Um, and there's a variety of things. Like if it's, if it's a physical addiction, um, the church does have a lot of resources to help, but if it's something like struggling to get your priorities, um, or struggling to time things properly so that you're not like drowning in things, learning to say no to things, right? There's a bunch of different, um, ways that we can kind of reprioritize, um, okay. The next thing I want to talk about. So the first thing is the affair has to end, right? We have to, well, I guess maybe number one is identify it, right? Um, number, but this is the, it has to end. It has to be finished. And then number two is trust has to be reestablished. Okay. So still in Jose, we're going to go to, um, chapter three and I'm going to read verses four and five. 
Um, it says, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, and without a prince, and without a sacrifice, and without an image, and without an ephod, and without a teraphim. And after afterwards seek um, afterwards shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in their latter days. And then I also want to add in um, chapter 5 verse 6. They shall go with their flocks and with their herds and shall seek the Lord, but they shall not find him. He hath withdrawn himself from them. And then verse 15. I will go and return to my place and they shall acknowledge their offense and seek my face in their affliction. They will seek me early. So. We have a couple of different things happening here, right? We have the children of Israel living without God. And then we have them seeking for him and he's not there. And then we have him returning unto them. So here's the thing with trust, right? Heavenly Father gives us responsibilities as we build trust. Like we always talk a lot about us building trust in him, right? Which is faith and is very, very, very important. Um, and we do this by keeping commandments, right? If you're not sure about how tithing works or whether tithing works, the way to find out is to pay tithing, is to put your trust in him, put your faith in him, and follow the commandment and see what happens, right? Um, well, in that same way, there it is just as important, important the trust that Heavenly Father puts in us, right? When we receive a prompting, to do something, to call someone, to send that text message, to pick up some cookies and drop them off to sister so-and-so, and we follow through on that, we are building trust. We are showing Heavenly Father that he can ask us to do things and we will follow through. We are a trusted servant, right? He can give us responsibilities and we will take his five talents and we will turn it into ten talents. Now, here's the thing, though. We're talking about infidelity. We're talking about a brokenness in the trust. And Heavenly Father, while our blessings will be restored, our trust must be re-earned. Um, we don't leave and then get to come back and just have everything be the way that it was, right? We still have to earn our way back. We're going to have to earn those responsibilities and show Heavenly Father once again that, yes, we, we can be trusted. We've made a big mistake. We're working on fixing the mistake, and we can be trusted, and we earn that trust back. Um, and so I think that we see that in these scriptures, right, where he's going to be there. We're going to go looking for him, and he won't be there in the same way that he was before. Again, not in he'll be there for us, but the responsibilities he gives to us are going to be different. And then eventually it, it will come back, right? Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about is making amends. And this is in still um, Jose chapter 6, and this is there's uh, verses 1 through 3. Come, let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. After two days he, will he revive us. In the third day he will raise up, and we shall live in his sight. Right? Does that sound a little prophetic? After two days, he will. We on the third day he will rise up. Um, then shall we know if we follow to know the Lord. Okay, hold on. If we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He how he shall come unto us as rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Okay, and then the last part I want to read is actually in Joel, and this is chapter three, verse sixteen. <clears throat> 
The Lord shall also roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So this is something that's, you know, we have to, we have to fix things. We have to do our best to fix things. And this is thing, something that's really, really cool in terms of the gospel that's not necessarily true in the same way in like an actual marriage. In an actual marriage, if there's infidelity, the person who was hurt, right, there's the person who had the affair and then the person who didn't. The person who didn't doesn't have the power to heal that their own broken heart or the heart of the of their spouse, right? But the Savior does, which is so cool. That he has the power to heal our broken hearts, that it doesn't matter how far away we go and how long we're gone for, if we want to come back honestly, earnestly, and we do everything that we have to to make amends, to earn that trust back, to end the things that were taking us away from our Heavenly Father, from our covenants, and from our Savior, if we do all those things, He will not only happily welcome us with open arms, He will heal us and will completely forget that that offense ever took place. Um, and I just love the power of the atonement and power of Christ's atonement and His ability to kind of swallow up our sins and to make us these new creatures. But we have to seek after that. We have to make the changes. We have to be willing to get uncomfortable and go through the process. Remember, we talked about binding up a couple of weeks ago. Now, it's not a comfortable thing, but it's so, so, so necessary for our healing. So I'm going to leave you with that, and I will talk to you next week.